waiting for the 204. Uh, that's what I'm doing here in uh, Boulder. Got my banner right here. And uh, this is uh, right behind me, Walnut. This is Walnut Street here. And Pearl's just one block over there. And uh, that's uh, towards downtown. You can see some of the mountains right there. But uh, catching the 204 up to Moorhead and Table Mesa today. I'm pretty excited about that. Kind of tired, but uh, anyways, I just thought I'd say good morning even before I got started. Uh, uh, look at this, look at this, look at this. You see right down here? I don't know if you can see that right, I don't know if you can see that right there, right here, right there. <laughs> it's one of my gospel tracks rolled up right there in the chair. It's been there probably for a week or two. <laughs> and it was uh, opened up, somebody was reading it, so I stuck it back in the, uh, uh, the little slats of the bench. <laughs> I find my tracks nowadays like all over the place. I find them under chairs, under seats, and door handles. It's like I have so many people passing out tracks here in Boulder. We are definitely turning our city uh, uh, over to the Lord and upside down and inside out for the Lord. But uh, anyways, I hear the bus coming. It's going to come right around the corner here in just a moment. So uh, I'll catch you up there at uh, Moorhead and Table Mesa. Monday happy Monday it's a great day in the Lord Jesus Christ let's pray Lord I just thank you that it is a great day in the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, people think it's a great day outside of Jesus Christ but that is not the truth uh, they are living deception this uh, deceived life uh, even believers who think it's great outside of the body of Christ uh, I tell you uh, I would caution everyone that uh, knows Jesus Christ to come back into the body of Christ and stay inside Jesus Christ. Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So Lord, I thank you that you are helping people to see, to hear, and to understand uh, what's going on around them in their life. We give you all the glory, Father, for what you're doing here in this uh, time, right now, Monday, here at Table Mason Broadway. In your name, Jesus, amen and amen. So. Uh, I don't know if this is all right or not. Kind of on a hill here, uh, but uh, you see my cones. I'm going to be right where that black mat is. That's where I stand. I stand on a mat uh, to help my legs because I'm out here for about four hours, sometimes five. But 11 to 3 today, and uh, that mat helps me uh, with my legs. And uh, uh, so I, that's where I lift my banner and I do my thing out here on the street. Everybody stops and looks over, and it's just really a great location. 
And uh, as you can see, this uh, bus here, he comes to a screeching halt. Uh, they try to make that light when they come out of the parking ride around the corner here, but they don't always make it. That AB is the uh, airport bus. So when you come in, you're flying in Denver, uh, you take the, you go downstairs to the ground level and you'll see the RTD coaches and you take the AB, airport bus one, now uh, via 470, and it comes right up here. It's the best way to come into Boulder and uh, it takes you right downtown. And for me, I'm only, uh, you know, eight minute walk uh, from the bus station downtown Boulder to my home. And uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't drive anymore, so I ride the buses and the coaches and the trains everywhere. Public transportation. I rode the 204 here. That was what you saw in the first part of this video. I was waiting for the bus over there on the other part of town, and I rode through town on 204 and drops me off about a half a block up the road here, and I walk down to here. And I stay here, then I walk another half block back, and I catch on the 204 going back home. So uh, that's how I do it. Um, Probably half the bus drivers in town know me. Uh, I mean, everybody knows me, but half the bus drivers uh, are believers. I'm going to say half, maybe a third, I don't know. But uh, most of them uh, help me with my bus passes. Uh, so that's kind of nice. That's very nice, actually. <laughs> I live by faith, you know, so every, every penny, every dollar helps uh, greatly in the work of the Lord. All right, so let's, uh, let's jump into our Sunday prayer letter. It is titled, Giving Them Much Exhortation. My Bible's falling apart here. This is my street Bible. As you can tell, I have it all, it's all falling apart. It's getting taped up. It gets pretty uh, beat up. Uh, I use this for a whole year out on the street, and uh, it goes through all kinds of weather, rain, snow, hail, uh, wind. Uh, people pick it up, people kick it, people throw it, uh, people tear pages out of it. Uh, it is really a, a, a book I only use out here, but I do use it at home too. But uh, it's what I preach out of here on the street. I don't bring my good Bibles out here. Uh, I just, this is how I do it. And I have, this becomes like a, so when the band, when it's too windy, because uh, it's really windy here in the mountain range, um, I can't lift my banner. At about nine miles an hour, over nine miles an hour, I can't lift the banner. Once it hits 10, I can't keep the banner going. I think that's about what it is. And then I just lay the banner down and I lift up this banner. And I just lift it up like this with my hand up and I just continue on with moving with the Lord. <laughs> you know, it's really great. And uh, I don't stop uh, just because it gets windy or cold or snowy or uh, like we're gonna be snowing here pretty soon. Uh, it, it just doesn't stop me. I'm not a fair weather preacher. I come out all the time. The only time I don't come out is when I'm physically unable. That's it. Doesn't matter about the weather. I don't care about the weather. I just care about, you know, taking care of the body so I can last because I have to live inside this uh, temple, uh, you know, this carcass, this uh, temple of the Holy Ghost. I've got to live with the Holy Ghost in this uh, temple, <laughs> however you want to look at that. But uh, uh, this weather, I mean, we're having a fantastic autumn here in Colorado. It was a very hot, hot summer, but uh, this uh, is very nice. I'm going to be in Trinidad next week. On Sunday morning, I head on Greyhound to uh, Trinidad, and I'll preach uh, Sunday night, hopefully, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then Thursday late afternoon, uh, late afternoon, early evening, I catch Greyhound coming back to Boulder, and I get home very late Thursday night, late. Then Friday I'm over in Longmont, and uh, it's last year in Trinidad it snowed the whole time I was there. It seemed like 
it was a blizzard about the middle of the week. And uh, in fact, it was snowing so hard and the wind was blowing so hard. The snow was going sideways. It was just, uh, it was like all day blizzard. And I didn't go out to preach that day. That was on a Wednesday because it was just so bad. I mean, you couldn't even stand up outside. And I said, Lord, I'm just going to stay home, you know. And uh, anyways, uh, uh, this year, it looks like it's going to be very nice down there in Trinidad on the New Mexico border. If you know anybody in Trinidad, Colorado, I'm going to be down there uh, Sunday afternoon and through that week. And so that's these are my trips. Every quarter I go to the state line, the gate to the state of Colorado. Uh, so that's this is my fourth trip around the state lines of uh, Colorado. And uh, next year will be my beginning of my fifth trip. It will be in G uh, Grand Junction. And it'll be Grand Junction in January. Then April will be Fort Collins up by the Wyoming border. And then uh, July will be by the Kansas border. And then October will be by the New Mexico border again. So that's my loop around the state lines, plus a uh, bunch of other cities I go to. All right, so our Sunday prayer letter, giving them much exhortation. We're preaching out of Acts chapter 20, and we're in the season or the theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. Uh, I say this quite often. I've seen signs, I've seen wonders, I've seen miracles out here for this year. Amazing things. I mean, just spectacular things that just get me so excited. I can't believe preachers who don't uh, believe in signs, miracles, and wonders in their life and their ministry. I mean, it really fires you up uh, because you see God moving. It's not the devil moving, it's God moving. I mean, you can look at the devil moving, but I don't care what the devil is doing because I don't serve the devil, I serve God. I want to see God move. And so God moves by signs, confirming the word that's preached. Uh, by wonders that you just can't explain. You know it was God that did it. And miracles, unexplainable natural, uh, you know, supernatural phenomenon that happens, you know, healings, and just different things that you can label as a miracle. Uh, that's all happened this year, because I believe in signs, miracles, and wonders. It's very Bible, very Bible. I don't believe all that stuff is ended. I believe it's still for today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. The Bible is still active. It's still alive. He doesn't rip pages out and say, well, I'm done with that one. It doesn't happen that way. He fulfills sections of the Bible as it goes along. But uh, uh, the era that we're living in is not completed yet. God is still building his church. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail yet. The powers of hell, the peoples of hell, the devils of hell will not prevail against his church. He's not done building his church. I don't know why people think he's done building his church and we're just sitting around waiting now. That's not true. He's still building his church, right? And when his church is built, that'll be the end. Just like in Noah's time when, when God was helping, God, helping Noah build the ark. When the ark was built, they went on board. You know, kind of like we're gonna do here. Once, uh, once, Jesus, once the church is built, we get on board and we take off, right? And uh, so, since he's still building his church, all the stuff that Acts is not done yet. We're still living in the book of Acts, in a sense. Not exactly, I mean, not paper-wise, but all the stuff that happened in Acts, I'm still following the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, do this. I mean, you go through Acts, and you'll see that the Holy Ghost was working with the apostles, with the believers, with the preachers and the ministers. He was still working with them, and he still is today. 
Holy Ghost didn't leave. Holy Ghost didn't take off and went back to heaven and left us all by ourselves. I, I wish preachers and ministers would get that in their head that the Holy Ghost is still here working with us. And uh, when the Holy Ghost works, there's miracles, miracles. However, God's not going to confirm doubt. God's not going to confirm unbelief. Not going to do that. You're going to have to believe to receive, and you're going to have to know that God is still working. And if you don't believe that, you won't see it. Just like salvation. If you don't believe in salvation, you're not going to get saved. You can apply that to everything in the Bible. If you don't believe it, you're not going to receive it. Period. That's the way it works. When you sow into the ministry, your time, your prayers, your effort, all your energy, all your effort, you're going to reap if you believe it. You know, I, I give my time, I expect more time to come back. Because God said, I can receive what I sow. It comes back multiplied. My time is multiplied. And how do I know that? Well, just look at our class. How did I, how did God add this hour class five days a week to our, to our, my ministry that I thought was already maxed out? I'm right on Table Mesa here. It's a very busy road. Highway 36, the freeway is just, you know, half a block away. That light right there is at the entrance to Highway 36. Then up there is Broadway. That's 93, uh, about a mile up there is 93. And that's the road that goes on into Golden, way down south. And uh, I'm also on 93 is, is Broadway. So I'm at several locations on Broadway. So, uh, uh, yeah. So keep your eyes open. Don't believe a lot of preachers and ministers out there. I mean, search the scriptures for yourself. Just don't take it for what they say. Oh, he must be right because he's been doing it for 20 years. He's been doing it for five years. He's been doing it for 100 years, so he must know what he's doing. Don't, don't think that way. There's a lot of deception, a lot of corruption going on in today's world. And so you really have to be... You know, you have to really have a lot of wisdom and understanding about you and uh, to, to really gain the counsel of the Lord, the knowledge of God uh, correctly with, you know, the truth. And uh, I just, just encourage, I'm just exhorting you is what I'm doing. This is what, this is what we're doing. This is the title of our Sunday prayer letter, giving them much exhortation. That's what I'm doing. I'm exhorting you to search the scriptures. I'm exhorting you to keep your eyes open and your ears and your heart open to the Lord. I'm exhorting you to look around and uh, see that the signs are following your ministry, that there are miracles that happen and wonders. It's amazing what can go on when you believe. And uh, for example, all right? <laughs> Hallelujah, right? <laughs> all right, so uh, let's see, we're in uh, part two, I think. This is Sunday, this is Monday, part two Monday, Acts 20, verses five through uh, 12. Five through 12, all right? Five through 12. And so today's sermon, I'm just gonna say what the title is. I kind of gonna do it th this way, a little differently. Uh, the title is, We Sailed the Way. That's the title that you'll see uh, on the beginning of this sermon, uh, maybe on the thumbnail, I'm not sure exact, exactly. But uh, uh, We Sailed the Way. Is, uh, is our title for the, or the seed uh, that I wanna really get in your mind. We sailed away. We collectively will sail away one day. Let me talk about that, sailed away. I like that because I was a sailor in the military, in the Navy, Navy sailor, 
and I was in a quartermaster navigation. I kind of the last year or so, year and a half, I uh, was the leading petty officer, ran the you know the operations department there for quartermasters, and uh, and then but I was also a sailboat owner. I owned a sailboat, small little 16-foot Tanzer with a 25-foot mast. It was like a rocket in the water. It was just absolutely fantastic sailing that thing. I loved it. Those boats are made in Canada, and they are really sturdy and stiff, and a lot of lot of square footage of sail. It was just spectacular. But get that mainsail up and that jib at a 180, 160-degree jib, and I tell you, we would just fly in that thing. We would have that thing with the gunwale right on the water, and we would just be sailing right through the water like crazy, man, just hanging on for dear life as that thing just sailed like crazy. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And I pulled that boat all over the place, lots of different lakes and the ocean. It was really great sailing that thing. So I know a lot about sailing. It was a dream of mine all my growing up years to sail around the world, to buy a sailboat and sail around the world. And uh, that never happened. But I was ready for it, but just couldn't make it happen. And the reason why is because I didn't, that wasn't God's plan for my life. And uh, uh, if I, anyways, that's another story, but sailing is a big deal. So we sailed away. And I want to kind of highlight another verse real quick. Mark 13, verse 18, Mark 13. Mark 13, we sailed away. Uh, let's go back over here to Mark 13, verse 18. We're talking about the title of our sermon, We Sailed Away. You think about that, we sailed away. Sa uh, sailing takes wind, takes wind, uh, to, uh, take wind, fills the sail, and pulls the boat along, you know, and we can direct the direction of the boat by how we uh, move the sail about and the jib and things like that and how we lower and raise the man just depending on the wind and uh, the fierceness of it. Uh, so here in uh, Mark 13, verse 18, and it says, and Jesus said this, and pray that your flight be not in winter. Pray that your flight, flight is, could look at that as sailing, to take flight uh, when you're in this era you know, you you fly, you know, I mean, in the wind, you know, kind of like the wind, the sail, kind of pulling those two together. But pray that your flight be not in winter. So when you sail a boat, you don't really, I mean, it's not a lot of fun to sail in the wintertime. I did that a couple times, and it's really cold. <laughs> you can't even feel your hands after a while when you're sailing in the wintertime. It, uh, so I don't really sail much in the winter where I'm from because it's uh, too cold. Absolutely too cold. You can't even handle the sails and the, and the lines. Uh, and pray that your flight be not in the winter. Pray that your flight be not in the winter. Uh, a lot of people don't know what winter is because they don't read the rest of the verse, the rest of the section here, or the next verse below that. So God is not talking about snow time. Uh, God's talking about tribulation time. Winter is tribulation. Because it says right after that, for in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. So that's what winter is. He just tells you what he meant when he said winter. Pray that your flight be not in winter. Are you praying that you don't fly? Are you going to go through the tribulation? A lot of believers think they're going to sail into, into you know, uh, they're going to go into uh, tribulation. But for me, we're going to sail away. 
We're going to take flight and we're not going to go through tribulation. If you believe it, if you don't believe that, you believe that you're going to have to go through tribulation, but then uh, have fun. I'm not going to be here to tell you the truth. I won't be here because I'm going to sail away. I'm going to sail away. I'm going to move this back a little bit because that sun is right in my face. Hang on a second. I'm going to move you back if I can. don't know if I can do that. How's that look? Sorry. That doesn't, I'll have to kind of adjust things a little bit. Sorry. Sun is moving. Are we okay? Sort of. Not really. It's kind of crooked a little bit. Well, that's all right. If you don't like this video, there'll be another one tomorrow. Where am I at tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm at uh, 28th, 28th and Arapahoe over by Safeway. That's tomorrow. All right. Let's go back into here, verse 5 in Acts chapter 20. All right. You still here? Uh, these going before tarried for us at Troas. Verse 6. And we sailed away. There it is right there. That's my title. We sailed away. A lot of people are going to stay, but we are going to sail away. Those who believe in the uh, getting caught away to fly away before the winter, we're praying that our flights are. We're praying and watching. Jesus said, watch and pray. We're watching for Jesus to call us so that we fly away with Jesus before the winter. The affliction that's coming to this world that's never been seen before since the creation of the world and never will be. That's pretty bad, you know, pretty bad. So you can pray that. You can pray that. Lord, help me to hear when you call. Let me not be distracted by the world when you call. Let me stay in you. Let me be at the door of the ark so when the door opens, I come in. Let me be at the door of the wedding feast so that when you open it, I can enter into the wedding feast of the Lamb. Things like that. You can pray that. You think that's going to be automatic? Oh, God's just going to pick you up? Look, to get on the bus, to get on the train, to get on any kind of boat, you're going to have to be ready to get on board. You can't be down at the coffee shop at the end of the pier waiting for you, thinking that, oh, they're going to, they're going to come get me uh, when, uh, when, before the boat leaves. No, sorry, they're not going to do that. You can be sitting down at the end of the pier at the coffee shop Enjoying yourself, chitting chat with people. You can even be witnessing. You can be preaching on the end of the dock. Yeah, at the end of the pier, you can be preaching, and there goes your boat. Sailed away without you. You come running back. Hey, wait for me, wait for me. Sorry, we already set sail because you were not watching. You were serving Jesus. You know, that's fine. Well, you better go back and keep serving me because you're going to go through tribulation. Better keep on preaching. That's a really a weird talk right there. A lot of people don't get that, but really clear. Watch and pray. It says here, pray that your flight be not in winter. So before you fly, you got to be watching. You go to the airport, you can pray that you don't miss your flight, but if you're not watching, you're going to miss your flight. You can pray all you want, but if you're not watching, they're going to say, last call, now boarding, and uh, they'll shut the door, and that plane will take off without you. You come running down the uh, concourse, hey, wait for me. Sorry, the plane has already taken off. That's going to happen. You see that in the ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. Which ones do you want to be? Do you want to be the wise or do you want to be the foolish? They all knew where the door was. They all knew the Lord. They all had a lamp, but only five went in. It's a big deal there. There's a lot going on there, and a lot of believers think it's just uh, they can do whatever they want in life after they receive Christ, 
and God's going to pick them up uh, when, when it's time. Sorry, it's not going to happen. That's why there's so many scriptures about believers going through tribulation, dying in tribulation, getting their heads cut off and things like that. And, uh, and then that second, you know, the, the, uh, the return of Christ type thing. I know that's a whole, I don't like going there too much. It's just too, too far out there as far as I'm concerned. And what I mean by too far out there is that the reason I said that because no man knows the day or the hour. But it could be today. I preached that yesterday. But he didn't come yet, because I'm still here. I'm still preaching, therefore. But he could be any second now. Are you living in sin? Yesterday I preached that. Are you going to go, uh, you took your girlfriend to church yesterday. Listen, you took your girlfriend to church yesterday, and I said, you better not go home and sleep with her tonight. Yeah, did you? Shame on you. I'll tell you. You would have not heard Jesus say, come on up. We sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. After the days of unleavened bread. I'm going to talk as I read this. Unleavened bread. So what is that? That's the Passover. Passover started the last night in Egypt with Israel. That last night, they were dressed up, boots on, coats on, hats on stood up at the dinner table eating, standing up, ready to go at any moment when God said, leave. They were watching and they were praying while they were eating their last supper, Passover, the last supper. You better be dressed and ready to go, man. That's what I'm talking about. They were dressed, ready to go. That's the, the days of Unleavened bread. Unleavened means no yeast or no rising agent in your bread. I make bread at home uh, three or four times a week. I make some bread, you know, enough for a small loaf, but uh, I don't put a bunch of trash in there. I just put good stuff. And uh, let me tell you a side note here. <laughs> when I make bread at home, I never get bloated. I buy a loaf of bread, good, wholesome, expensive, nice, whole wheat, theft at the store and I get bloated. I, my stomach bloats up. Kind of weird, right? But at home when I make bread, no problem whatsoever. So maybe you ought to be making bread at home instead of buying it at the store. Plus it's just a lot of fun to make bread. It doesn't take any time at all. It takes, by the time your oven is heated to 450 degrees, that's where I cook my bread at, uh, by the time it goes from wherever it at to 450, your dough is all ready to go in the oven. The bell goes off 450 degrees. And by the time I'm done, I put the bread in there, the dough in there, and I, I'm washing stuff. And in 20 minutes, I have loaf of bread. It's amazing. But that's me, you know. Plus, it's really cheap. <laughs> Plus, I buy organic flour, whole wheat organic flour. Uh, I do write, I do buy a organic uh, baking powder. And uh, just, that's, you know, anyways, loving unleavened bread. And came into them at Troas in five days. Five days. So you see that they're on the boat for five days, sailing for five days. So I can't, on the bus, I was thinking about this. I thought, you know, that's a, when they're sailing, that's about 100, 150 miles a day in a sailboat. So, you know, they're looking about 500 to 600 miles from Philippi. That's what it says, right? The days uh, came into Troas. Uh, see, they sailed uh, away from Philippi on their way to Troas. 
and came unto them in Troas in five days. So from Philippi to Troas was five days of sailing, 500 to 600 miles. <laughs> Just give you an idea, mental thought. Generally speaking, okay, don't tell me, oh, it's actually this, John, you're a liar. <laughs> I get that so often. Anyways, life goes on. People don't hear what you say. In five days, where we abode seven days. So they stayed there in Troas for seven more days. You know? About that, seven days. All right? And upon the first day of the week, now here we go, there's another, the first day of the week, what day is, that's Sunday, right? First day of the week they had, a week ago they had the Passover, they celebrated those, sometimes in Passover they celebrate unleavened bread for seven days, I think, and then they had the Passover meal, things like that. And uh, don't know a lot about the traditions of, the Hebrew traditions, I'm not Hebrew, I'm a Gentile. And uh, so I don't celebrate all those feasts. I know a lot of Christians do, and uh, that's fine. Paul celebrated it, even though he said you don't have to. He did anyways, uh, because he was Hebrew. Anyways, seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, pre Paul preached unto them, ready to depart. So he was going to depart again. Come there, preach, and he's going to get back on the boat and sail away again. Depart, depart on the morrow. I'm going to stop right there at tomorrow, tomorrow. So, so I have my, so if you look at this real clearly, uh, these uh, six, seven here, you'll see he's talking about uh, days, uh, seven days, a first day, tomorrow. You can see that there in this section of scripture that it has uh, days and weeks and times of doing things. And you can see that, I want to pull this out, the Holy Spirit had me to do this. Let me put this right here. So that's like a calendar. Yeah, a lot of people say, well, why do you use a calendar? That seems really, you know, you should just be moved by the Spirit rather than a calendar. But if you just finish reading what we just did here, uh, they did this and they sailed for five days and they did this for seven days and that for one day and then tomorrow I'm gonna go do this, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna go there. That sounds like a calendar to me. It sounds like a schedule to me. So right here in my October, I have a schedule. I operate by schedule, just like Paul did. Paul operated a schedule because God operates on a schedule. Do you think he knows the day he's coming back? Absolutely. He's got it in his calendar. Is it in your calendar? Our calendar says watch and pray. Should, every day should say watch and pray in your calendar. Mine doesn't, but you sort of should be doing that. Uh, my beard kind of reminds me to do that because I'm praying for some things to go on in our church. So like right here, here's the 16th, Moorhead and Table Mesa on the 16th, Monday. How about that? Yesterday was Sunday the 15th, 28th and Pearl, I was there. Where am I gonna be on Tuesday? The fall, the tomorrow morning. Like on the morrow, where am I gonna be on the morrow? Just like Paul, I'm gonna be at 28th and Arapahoe. I'm not just guessing where I'm gonna be, I know where I'm gonna be. Now, this is also on my website. And I also talk about this. Guess who else knows where I'm going to be at on the 28th, on the, like tomorrow, on the 17th? Guess who knows where? Satan, right? Satan knows I'm going to be there too, right? So am I going to be ready for him? You bet. I'm going to be ready for Satan over there. Satan knows what's going on in my ministry, right? So I can't hide from Satan. I'm in the light. Yeah, we know that. But I take authority over Satan and his devils. I do all the stuff the Word of God says but I run by a schedule. 
Like, where, where am I going to be? Well, give me an example. Like, where am I going to be on the 31st, the Tuesday, the 31st of October? I'm going to be at 30th in Arapahoe. On the 31st of this month, where am I going to be? I'm going to be right there, 30th in Arapahoe. How about that? How about Monday? Uh, this is a Monday. How about in two weeks from now, where am I going to be at? Foothills and Baseline. Foothills and Baseline. So that's operating on a schedule. But that's been my life since I was 23 years old. Since I was 23 years old, I started operating on a schedule, a calendar, because I started trucking when I was 23. I bought my first rig at 23 years old. What are you doing at 23? I bought my first big rig and I went out trucking. So I went into business for myself as a truck driver, owner or operator in the trucking world. And I stayed in the trucking business till I was 63 and a half. First 10 years an owner operator, then went became an employee. Sold my last truck, uh, had three of them, owned the first one, leased the second one, and then owned the third one. Okay. And then I sold that, or actually I decided I gave that third one away and my business away. I've told that story once before. And then I went to work for Youngman Trucking in Redding, California, September of 1989. And I retired April. Uh, 22nd of 2017 and 11 days later I'm here in Boulder and I'll and my calendar my schedule says I will be here to the day the Lord calls me up or the day I die either way I'm here in Boulder I've committed my life to serving Christ in this city and in this state and wherever God takes me but this is our home base right here Gospel of Andrews Church amen so that's what these first verses is all about is do you have plans like this? Do you know what you're going to do for the Lord? Or is it just whenever you feel like it? It's up to you. All right. Uh, on the morrow. And continue this speech until midnight. And there's another timeline. Till midnight. He preached till midnight. You know. Midnight. That's pretty late. Dark. Verse 8. And there were many lights in the upper chamber. Many lights in the upper chamber. I kind of laughed at that when I read this on Saturday. Many lights. <laughs> My first thought was not the lights of the candles and the lamps because it was dark, you know, it was midnight. <laughs> My thought was it was many lights. You know, we're like a light. Our spirit is like a light, a candle, like a light. And I thought many lights, many spirits. <laughs> but that's not what he's referring to as candles, lights, you know, lights. All right. And there were many lights in the upper chamber uh, where they were gathered together. So they're up second floor, third floor, upper chamber, wherever that is, whatever it looks like. Upper chamber where they were gathered together, right? Because where does that, does that go back to some verses that does that kind of ring a bell, right? In their upper room, upper chamber? Yeah, it should ring a bell. Acts chapter 1 and 2, right? Yeah, that's, that's where that goes back to. That's, see, the Bible's all connected together. If you know the Word of God, it should be a, so. When you're reading it, you should think about, oh, that's that verse over there, or that's this verse over here, or that's this verse, and you can chain reference the Bible on your own. That's why I don't really encourage people to use chain references because that's somebody else chain referencing the Bible. You chain reference the Bible on your own with the Holy Ghost, and it'll mean so much more to you. It's just, it, because now you're digging in the Word of God. You're digging in the mountain of God. You're digging for those gold veins, those gold mines. You're just, it's just, 
wonderful. Because when you dig on your own, you own it. When somebody gives it to you, you're really just borrowing it. You know, that's why you need to search the scriptures on your own, right? Because I'm nobody, just, you know, don't, I mean, just <laughs> take me out of your equation. You know, just let me be a, a big boot in your butt. <laughs> let me be a, a mouthpiece that hollers at you to get going and go do something. But then after that, just, you know, take me out of your life. You know, just, you know, I'm, I'm just one of the guys, one of the team, one of the members of the body of Christ. That's it. All right, I'm nobody. All right, truck driver who turns street preacher <laughs> by the will of God. <laughs> Verse eight, and there were many lights. Okay, we did that together. Verse nine, and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eucatus, uh, I don't know, whatever. It starts with an E. Being fallen deep into a deep sleep, and as Paul was long preaching, he preached at midnight, actually, you think about it, he preached till sunrise. Yeah, there's a reason why he was doing that. The reason why, why did he preach till midnight and then all the way till sunrise? Because this is gonna be the last time he was gonna be there. They're never gonna see him again. He knew he was gonna die. He'll never come back there. That's like me, that's why I'm preaching as much as I can. Seven days a week, I'm giving to God. Every day of the week, I'm just giving everything I can because this is my last go around. This is my last season. Once I leave, you won't see me again. I'll be in heaven, you know? How long that is, I don't know, but I don't know the day or the hour. So I work as if I'm watching and praying, working hard for the Lord, right? I'm not out playing, wondering what to do next. A lot of people think, well, when I'm 70 years old, I'll do that too. I doubt that. If you're 40 years old and you're saying, when I'm 70, I'll do the same thing what John's doing. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because you're not doing it now. I did it when I was 40. I did it when I was 25. I'm still doing it 70. I'm still doing it. See, it's, it's it. you don't, oh, when I'm 40 years from now, I'm gonna do what John's doing. 30 years from now. No, you gotta be doing it now, today. Just saying, a lot of people don't get that, but just saying. You know, what I'm trying to say is, is once the Lord called me into his service to preach and to minister, uh, but first to go to school, once God called me to preach, I started. I didn't wait around, well, I gotta go to school now, because he told me to go to school, but unfortunately, I didn't wait to go to school, because I was in the Navy, I was on board Navy ship. There's no Bible colleges, no seminaries on board my Navy ship, sorry. So I started preaching right where I could, wherever I was, where I just started, and how did I preach? I used Revelation 12, 11, you know? I overcame Satan, I used to serve Satan, so I overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb. God washed me with his blood, and then, uh, uh, I gave my testimony and I began not loving my life and then that kind of messed up. I started loving my life and that's what flipped me around and got me all mixed up. You cannot love your life to the end. You fall back in love with your life, it's like committing adultery. You cannot love your life if you're in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you love your life, oh, I love my life, I love what I'm doing, you know. Uh, well, you know, there's a, there's a fine line there. I love what I'm doing, but that love points to God not to my ability, not to my lifestyle. I, just, I like what I'm doing, I'm enjoying it, but my love is towards my first love, okay? Amen? All right, so let's go on here. Uh, there were many lights, okay, the guy, uh, 
uh, Mr. E here, <laughs> being fallen too deep asleep, and Paul was long preaching. He sunk into a down, down in, with the sleep and fell down from the third loft. Third loft. Up, so now we know that the upper chamber was the third floor, right? The third floor. It wasn't the second floor, like I mentioned. Now we know it's the third. I mean, three stories up, third loft. Right? Third loft. All right? I got somebody coming here with a scooter. I gotta make sure I'm not in his way. And, uh, Safety, safety, safety. I pray safety in my intersections. Safety is of the Lord. Strength is of the horse, but safety is of the Lord. I pray that verse into my intersections. When I get here and throughout the day, I'm praying for safety. I also loose a ministering angel to bring the safety of the Lord to my intersection. I put angels to work. If you don't believe that, you won't do that. There are fellow servants. I put them to work. Bring in the safety of the Lord. I don't know, whatever you want to do, I, I use all the counsel of the Lord, the whole Bible. I don't pick and choose, I use it all. Maybe not every day, I try to do it every day, but do the best I can. All right, are we still here? Are you still okay, are you still with me? <laughs> all right, so he fell asleep, and he was in the third loft, and was taken up dead, was taken up dead. Now, uh, that story about that young man falling from the third floor down to his death uh, 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 brings back uh, a, a couple memories, couple uh, one memory and another couple couple memories. And uh, uh, one of the memories, let me tell you a story here. Uh, uh, our associate assistant pastor in Victory Christian Center, Mark Turner. Mark and Linda Turner were our associate pastors, assistant pastors, second pastors there at Victory where I was going to Bible school and uh, ministry training. And uh, their son uh, uh, fell out of the second floor window, second floor window to the front stairs, front steps, concrete front steps. And they come running downstairs, Mark and Linda come running downstairs and to, thinking that their son was dead. Uh, because just a small little boy, and uh, uh, opens the door, front door, and who's standing there? Their son, smiling. <laughs> they said, "What happened?" A nice young man, nice. No, he said, "A nice man caught me. A nice man caught me." There's no men around that caught him. That was an angel that caught Mark and Linda's boy that fell from the second floor window to his death, but he didn't hit the ground. An angel caught him. Did Mark and Linda Turner pray for angels to, to guard us, to protect their family? That's what happened. All right, so a few years later, we're in, my wife and family and children, we're in Boulder preaching and ministering as a missionary here in Boulder. Uh, back in the 80s, late mid late 80s, and uh, we uh, before we went to Reading, and my son got the bright idea to jump off the uh, balcony inside of our house. We had a Lord gave us a very large house. We had you know 20 foot ceilings, 25 foot ceilings, whatever it was, massive, and uh, had a big loft 
up there. And uh, the, so it went down one and a half stories, big, big so probably uh, 14, you know, uh, I don't know, 20, 20 plus feet, whatever it was. And uh, he jumped and uh, landed on the concrete uh, uh, den, and uh, which had carpet, but it was concrete under the carpeting with the pad. And uh, he broke his heel. And uh, I, he started screaming, and uh, I come running down, and uh, I, the first thing I did, <laughs> I ordered those angels that protect our family to leave. I fired every angel that surrounds my son and commanded new angels to come because they should have caught my son. They should have caught my son. So after I fired those angels, ordered new ones in, we knew that those angels left because my wife said, do you feel that? We saw those angels leave because they didn't do their job. They didn't do their job. They didn't catch my son. We should have. And then we prayed for my son's healing and my son's heel bone that was broken was healed miraculous healing. We prayed lay hands on his sick. We prayed for his healing. Didn't take him to the hospital. He got healed. Took a few days for the pain to go away, but his foot was healed that night. And from that point forward, the angels that my son has had have protected him because he's told many, many, many stories. He's mid-40s right now, and that was a long time ago. And uh, I've done that too. I Some angels, uh, in fact, since I've been in Boulder these last six years, um, twice I've had to tell the angels that were helping me to go home to leave to fire and now oftentimes I pray Lord for a good angel now what is all that about the scripture says that we are made a little lower than the angels but we're later on going to uh, judge the angels something like that that's not King James it could be NIV but there is a time that we're gonna actually judge angels not the angels that are fallen they're already judged, already condemned because they were cast out of heaven. God already sentenced them to the lake of fire. But the angels that are in heaven who mess up, how about that? How that works is beyond me. That is maybe too far above a lot of us, our pay grades right now, but uh, that's going to happen. So I take it serious. There are fellow servants. That's what the angels said. Hey, don't worship me. I'm your fellow servant. I work with you. Yeah, but we don't talk to them. We don't worship them. We talk to God and let God deal with his angels. Like, like we talk to God and God does the deal. So it's whatever you want to do. And so I'm, at, I'm wondering why the angels didn't catch this man. And what I'm saying is uh, God provided a miracle. Because what happened next was this. And then we'll end this talk. And Paul went down and fell on the boy him and embracing him said trouble not yourselves for his life is in him his life his life where does the word his life is in him where does that point back to you know yeah it points back to Genesis when God created Adam and God says I breathed into the nostrils of Adam and man became a living soul he put life into Adam life is in our spirit all right that's why we are, anyway, it's another story there. So the life, he's referring to his spirit. Life, his spirit came back into his body. He died. The boy died. Paul came out. There's another story about, what was another story can we think of? Yeah, when Elijah laid on that boy 
in the upper room, and uh, the boy came back alive. A lot of stories of bringing the dead back to life. Can we do that today? Absolutely. We have a lot of stories from missionaries in different countries who have raised the dead. Recently. So you say that's, so if you don't believe in miracles, then you're not going to raise the dead. But you, ha you can't do it on your own. You have to do it because God anoints you by the, the gifts of the Holy Ghost to do that kind of work. You just don't on your own go do things like that. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. You just can't order angels around either. You talk to God. You talk to God. Anyways, that's a lot of talking there. I don't know if I made sense at all. I'm not going to go through this. Well, I can finish it up real quick here. Uh, uh, him, you know, verse 11. And when therefore was come again, and had a broken bread and eaten, and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departs. So it says right there, break of day. That's dawn, the break of day. When dawn was coming, 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock, 5.30, whatever it was. And they brought the young man alive, and were not a little comforted. Not a little. They were greatly comforted. Oh, you know, not a little comforted. They were greatly comforted because the young man was alive, was alive. He was dead, and now he's alive. Can only Paul do that? No, Peter, I mean Jesus. Jesus said we can do the same things, same things. In fact, he said greater things you're going to do. I'm going back to the Father. You're going to stay here. You're going to do greater work. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that many of us are getting the idea that we can believe for miracles. We can believe for the move of God in our life and our ministry. We don't have to stay in some teaching that says all that has ended. Oh, we can do it today. We can receive the baptism of the Ghost. We don't have to believe what some teacher says, that that's from the devil. We don't have to believe that. We can believe what the Word of God says. It's for today, right now. And if, uh, we just believe that, Lord. Why not? It's in the Word of God. We're not going to believe some man or some denomination, some organization that says that's not real. That's from the devil, from Satan. We don't believe that. But we know that Satan has mimics God. He's like a roaring lion. But Jesus is the lion. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Thank you, Lord. In your name, Jesus. Uh, all right. Praise God. So, uh, tomorrow... 28th in Arapahoe. I'm going to be here till about 3 o'clock, catch the 305 back home, and then I'll do my video for the day and get my class ready to go. By that time, it'll probably be about 8, 8.30 at night. I'll fix things up and get to bed and get up in the morning and start my class and do it all over again, serving the Lord Jesus Christ with the joy in my heart. God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.